Oh man, welcome back to the Stir Not Shaken podcast. My name is Ethan Nelson. Sitting directly across from me, it is my co-host Kyler Ost. Kyler. Hello. How are we doing today? We're doing pretty fucking good today. Oh man, I really hope you guys can hear the difference in quality that we have right now. Like, it just, it feels so good to use the new equipment. Mm -hmm. I just really hope that it translates. I hope so too. This is, I don't know, just from like listening to our little, uh, little audio check sounded, sounded pretty solid. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I just, yeah, I'm. I'm trying to resist hitting buttons right now. Does it have right a now. timer that shows us how long we're yeah, going? Yeah, oh it's my got God, a timer dude. that shows us how long we're going. I can actually yeah. even put markers, too. Like, <gasps> boom. Boom. That's when we talked about markers. <laughs> oh These mics God. were surprisingly heavy, too. I was not expecting like, that at like, all. That was... I know, the, it was my, kind of a workout taking it out like, of the box. Yeah. And it was like, God, now I have to screw it onto this thing and hope it doesn't like fall into the table and break it like hell yeah i mean they're supposed to be i mean they're quote-unquote dynamic microphones and apparently mm-hmm. that means they're supposed to be pretty rugged so it would probably survive it your laptop probably won't it oh but. oh god no no i'm not worried <laughs> about the mic <laughs> but well woof. anyway to get some housekeeping stuff out of the way uh Follow the podcast on instagram at stirred not shaken pod you can follow me personally at eq nels kyler I was so unprepared for doing this at the beginning, so I need to take a, a quick second. Um, I'm kidding. I'm going to be at Drinks by Kyler on the gram. And we are coming at you from the Capital Cigar Lounge conference room right here in the freezing fucking cold Lincoln, Nebraska. God, it's so fucking cold today. You know we're supposed to hit wind chills of negative 25 yeah. tomorrow morning. God, Oh, tomorrow morning? Yeah, tomorrow morning. I'm supposed to unload a truck of barrels tomorrow morning. Well... You're gonna have a you're gonna have a yeah. tough go of it. To oh, me, yeah. to be eh, honest, eh. you know, it might as well. It's 2021. Just make sure you here. bundle up. Make sure you wear something more than that sweatshirt that you have on. Oh, well, yeah, I'll probably wear more than just the sweatshirt <laughs> I have on right now. I don't know. I've Some never goose. seen you in a heavier coat. I don't. I don't think oh, well, it's situational. You know, that's fair. That's fair. Anyways. I'm very excited for what we're talking about today. I'm so excited. I've been waiting pretty much the entire season to be talking about this stuff. Yup. And it is the water of life. Akvit. Roll with it. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> we're talking about Scotch whiskey. Woot. Scotch whiskey. The uh, ubiquitous Scotch. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> The ubiquitous whiskey coming out of Scotland, historically seen as something for like snooty, snooty white men, snooty rich white dudes. Peepaw and his friends. Yep, exactly. Mm. We're starting to see it become a little bit more accessible now. Age statements aren't beca- aren't quite as prevalent. Mm-hmm. They're still there, but they're not, you know, people are able to. Single malt is still the king, though. Single malt is still the king, which is interesting considering it hasn't always been but that's details details yeah yeah we'll get to that we'll get to that we'll, we'll get to that little taste little sampler <laughs> uh, yes, but yeah sir. scotch i am so fucking excited for scotch it is 
Tyler, what's your favorite scotch? Oh, see, that's a loaded question because it's like it's a mood thing for me. Like I'll, Ooh. I am always like, what's your go-to grab? Like probably gonna go with Lagavulin 16 or yeah. the Ardbeg Uigadal, but the Lagavulin's usually a little more available at the bars that I'm at. So yeah, the Uigadal is also a little, uh, it's a little aggressive for oh, a go-to aggressive. sipper. Mm-hmm. That's why. I, yeah. That's why I love it. For me personally, I like the. Um, if it's within my budget, I'll go for a Highland Park 18, but I'll settle for the. I'll settle for the 12. You know, that's very fair. They make a. I mean, pretty much all Scotch producers make a solid Scotch. But, yeah. Not. No. Mm-hmm. Nobody makes but, a but bad Highland one. Highland Park. Highland Park. I like. Yeah. I like them. I think they're. I think they're an all-time underrated. Yeah. Their distillery. product's awesome. Their bottles are insane. I also like really their, like their the Viking the whole Viking brand yeah. they've got going on right now. Oh yeah, dude. it really like, jives well with my Danish heritage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look at us go. Just a couple of dansk. <clears throat> Anyways, we're so Scotch is going to be a two-part episode. There is way, way, way too much information about Scotch, and it's honestly, so it's, I mean. It may just be because, like, I just really want to talk about it forever and ever and ever. Yep. But we've got a pretty loaded episode as it is, mm-hmm. and we may even run a little bit long. And I don't want to. I don't want us to run even longer than we have to. Yeah, absolutely. Because we could easily spend three hours in here. We oh god, like I was I was expecting us to make like a four parter on this, and then we came to our senses on it. But yeah, I'm very excited to talk about Scotch. This has been so today. What I've been waiting for. <laughs> today we're gonna go over, you know, kind of like we usually do. We'll go over the origin and the history of it a little bit. Um, a lot of it's going to sound a little bit similar to Irish whiskey, minus the spectacular downfall. Mm-hmm. Um, but it very much follows the Irish whiskey timeline in a sense. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. But then we will start to go over some of the uh, some of the legal definitions for Scotch. <clears throat> We're going to talk about labeling. What the like? We'll explain some of the confusion behind what single malt and like blended and grain and all these all those fun all terms. these weird words mean. And they're like strangely specific, but also not really at the yeah. same time. They have a level of precision to them, but not like so insanely much. Yeah, yeah, and then. We'll briefly just touch on each one of the ma- each one of the major regions. Mm-hmm. How's that sound, Kyler? Oh, I, I love it. I'm so excited. Let's get into it. Perfect. We're gonna start off with. Uh, we're just gonna jump right into the thick of it, right into the thick of the history. <laughs> Kyler, why don't you start us off? Yeah. So, uh, in our last episode, we had touched on Irish whiskey and its first record being like 1405. We don't really see it in Scotland until 1494. Uh, that's that first record of distillation from the, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, uh, Exchequer Rolls. Exchequer, yep. Exchequer. Actually, we, we looked that up right before. We looked before. that up, and it, it, we're, we're fairly confident in it. Um, but that was the records of like the income and expenditures of royalty. And uh, it's the QuickBooks of uh, ancient Scotland. Yes, thank you, or medieval Mr. Scotland man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, thank you. That's that's a pretty solid little little joke there. Um, yeah, it was 
in old people speak, which we seem to have a lot of when talking about these ancient spirits, is the uh, to Friar John Cor by order of the king to make aquavite eight bowls of malt, which is like a very vague term. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so bowls, bowl, the unit of measurement back then in, in Scotland, it was a measurement, but it was it's got to be like a volume measurement, right? Yeah. Because like the definition that I found for it had like had varying pounds or varying weights for different grains. So for like sure. for bar- for malted barley in this instance, it would have been uh, 320 pounds of it, you know, for about 1500 bottles of scotch. Yeah. But for flour, about 140 pounds for peas and beans, 280 pounds. Oats, 264. Oatmeal, for some reason, 140. Mm. I don't know why. Someone's padding their oats. (laughs) Seems a little sus. Seems a little sus. A little sus. A little sus. sus. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. The first one of the the episode. Nope, that's the second one. I I stuck one in earlier. You did. Which one did you sneak in? Was it the Lord have mercy? No. <laughs> ah, damn it. No, I stuck in another yes, sir. A little oh, <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> we'll get to the Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, first text in 1664. And again, following along the same lines as Irish whiskey, this caused a huge increase in illicit distilling especially because again sort of like Ireland only being able to really enforce those taxes in Dublin Scotland was really only able to force those taxes in the lowlands mm-hmm. specifically the Edinburgh area yeah lowlands just kind of got fucked yes and they were i mean they bitched about it for a while too they're probably like, still bitching were, about I mean, it yeah. honestly Alcantoshan seems to be doing fine though. Sure. <laughs> I mean, there's also not many lowland distilleries, so you take I think a grand total of three that are still operating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At at time of writing, without checking how many distilleries are. <laughs> yeah, no, lowland. I don't know that off the top of my head. Don't don't check me on that. Don't check or do, but like, don't say anything. Come on now. <laughs> um, but I think it was. It's very interesting that. During this time, particularly like the 1760s, 1830s, like the boom that happened in the Highlands with like these taxes, like not really affecting Scotch in a negative way and like seeing an increase of it and making it even more popular. No, yeah. And honestly, it actually, it wasn't really an increase in illicit distilling. It was really just those same stills kept operating mm-hmm. or for the most part I, yeah i feel like for the most part i feel like a lot of those were just stills that kept on operating because they knew that the the um the ruling class mm-hmm. of scotland at the time couldn't the really enforce it up there yeah. yeah well i mean the landowners just really didn't give a shit because they were like oh well people need money to pay rent and they're making money making whiskey to pay rent so if i send them to prison I do not get money, and I really like money. <laughs> exactly. So they had, they had no problem just letting people just continue to to distill on their land, just making that whiskey. For a time. I mean, yeah, for, for a, a time. time. For a time. 
we are uh that changes not super quickly but mm-hmm. um so all of that kind of happened in the 1760s we saw the big boom in unlicensed trade of scotch in the highlands mm-hmm. um at one point there were a thousand stills that were seized and that was considered a mere fraction yeah. of those that were operating at the time there was the ones that were just like really bad at hiding it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly just the ones like like when a when a mob boss gets cocky and starts like you know just flagrantly leaving um, just blood like money leaving shit around. like yeah just leaving yeah. shit behind it's like a calling card that says i was here <laughs> what are you going to do about it <laughs> But, um, yeah, and then Lowland Whiskey kind of got a reputation because they were trying to avoid taxes because the way they taxed it was actually on the malt, not actually on the whiskey. Yeah. And so the way that they were trying to avoid the higher taxes was by using unmalted barley. Mm-hmm. And just, and, like, mixes of other grains. Yeah, yeah, too. and then other grains. And, you know, unlike in Ireland, that was considered much less desirable. Oh, yeah. And so... That kind of, I mean, that kind of killed the lowlands. Mm-hmm. Everybody uh, was like, well, I don't want this shitty legal product. I re- like what, like, Bootlegger McGee upstate's making. Like, And the that- crazy thing is Bootlegger McGee was able to charge a higher price. Yeah, than because the legal he was making shit. cool shit. <laughs> the lowlands were complaining like, oh, no, they're charging too much for the fine scotch whiskeys. <laughs> and everyone was like, mm, well, dude, they're making, like, better product than you. But then we see... 1823 rolls around, and we see... Shakes shit right up. The Excise Act. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, basically, the Excise Act eased restrictions on these le- on the legal stills. It made it harder for illegal stills to operate because it allowed the crown... The crown. ...to appear in court... And was able to enforce the maximum penalties to be implied under the crown, under the crown's laws. Mm-hmm. And long story short, landowners were now more than happy to kick people off their property for oh, illegally yeah. distilling. Well, I mean, if you they like, didn't want that crown smoke. Oh yeah, like if you were the crown and you were like, I have to go to court today. Why? And someone's like, Well, some shitty person was illegally making whiskey, and you're like, That's why you're dragging me out of bed. Like I, I rule you, and you're dragging <laughs> me out of bed for this. Like, yeah, they're gonna get the maximum penalty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get the crown coming down to just try you on making something delicious. It's like, yeah. Like, they probably walk in, they're like, yeah, this man's guilty. And then they're like, by rule, your divine grace. And then whatever they did to people back then. uh, The gallows. The gallows. To the gallows, you see? And then if you were, like, extra naughty, they sent you to the the court of the exchequer, Edinburgh, for uh, tougher sentences, which imagine having, like... The crown be like, nah, dude, like you fucked up here. And so they send you to someone whose just whole purpose is to wreck your shit. Yep, that sounds, that's a tough break. It's a tough break. Putting it lightly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But fortunately, um, there were a few good things that came Mm -hmm. out of. Like lighter restrictions for now legal distilleries. Yeah, lighter restrictions. And we finally start to see, well, actually, I don't know about, like, 
was Akintoshin operating before that? Was that one of the lowland distilleries, or is this kind of, or is everything kind of new? Because um, I was gonna say that. Well, I thought that it like went down to three, and those three were just like what continued operating. But okay. I also do not know. I did not look into that. I was gonna save that for our next episode. True. True. Uh, okay. But out of this, we do start to see the big, big brands start to kind of come out. Um, the heavy hitters, the Glens. The Glens. <laughs> Glen gang. <laughs> George Smith. Don't really know a whole lot about this guy other than he took out the first license under this new law and he formed the one and only the Glen Levitt Distillery. Yes. There is a, on the, their uh, website, they do have a really cool story about George Smith. I'm not going to quote it now because I will fuck it up because I read it a couple <laughs> years ago. But it's pretty tight. Like people were like, we're going to kill you, George, and we're going to take your stuff. And he was like, not if I make it legal, you won't. So he made it legal. Boom, there it is. Got him. Just, just finessed him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, then over the course of those next few years, you saw some other heavy hitters like Balmore, Glenn Morangi, Strathilsa, Strathilsa. I don't know. I don't think that one's around anymore. I don't think so, but it's fun to say. Like Ball Blair. Strathisia? Strathisia? Ball Blair, I've heard that name before. I just don't know. Just don't know. Ball Bear, made at the Ball Bear Distillery. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't know Strasila? It's, it's made at the Strasila distillery. Yeah, okay. It was a fun tone, Mr. Mox McGee. The cricket sounds are going on the sh- stupid shit Ethan says Twitter feed. Because you hurt my feelings. Don't plug that. <laughs> I'm going to plug it. <laughs> I didn't give them the at for it, though. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyways, um, again... Even under this new law, or maybe especially under this new law, we start to see another big boom in Scotch whiskey. See, they're doing it right. They've got two booms mm-hmm. instead of having a boom and a downfall, unlike their stupid Irish cousins. Yeah. I mean, one of their booms is someone else's downfall, which like doesn't get much more Scottish than that. <laughs> I mean, that's just capitalism right there. That's just capitalism at its finest. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, there were two main, well, other than the fall of Irish whiskey, mm-hmm. there were... That's, a, that's like a third like personal boom for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't really want to openly admit it, but I mean, that's honestly probably the bigger, the biggest that's driver. probably the biggest contribution. Yeah. I think last episode we likened it to like Irish whiskey dropping the crown and Scott's being like, what do we have here? <laughs> I'm not even gonna try to do a Scottish accent, but it's anyways, my favorite thing to do. <laughs> I can't do one. I can't do one. Mine is so so bad. Anyways, these two booms, though. The second boom was brought on by three things: the coffee still, which was for some reason desirable in Scotch mm-hmm. or in Scotland, mm-hmm. and the shortage of wine slash brandy slash cognac due to a parasitic. <laughs> A parasitic insect called phylloxera. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
super unrelated. Back when I was at Seb's, we got a wine in that the producer named themselves Phylloxera just to flex on these hoes and be like, yeah, we named ourselves after the bug that almost killed wine. <laughs> what of it? Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. Thank you so much. I love that button. That is my favorite, <laughs> favorite button. <clears throat> no, that is a flex, though. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if it's a flex, but it's, it's a, a it's a vibe. Shame did someone eat uh, eat all your grapes? Rip Sean Connery. <laughs> Anyways, the phylloxera, <laughs> the phylloxera kind of just decimated, decimated brandy and cognac until it was like nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. It was so rare. Yeah, and they and by the time the, like, that it grape transplants and like stuff we'll mm-hmm. cover later oh later, yeah later 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 yeah but, like later later but mm-hmm. I mean, but important to touch on now oh yeah for sure like i mean yeah it eventually got back up on his feet but by that time yeah guess but who like, had already invaded the market oh so mm-hmm. they took advantage of two different countries yeah. alcohol's downfalls mm-hmm. i mean who like they they weren't not going to capitalize on it you're like, oh, what am I going to do? Help my neighbors when, like, I'm so dependent on this for my economy. You don't even know, guys. Please buy my scotch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know about back then, but, I mean, I can only imagine it was more back then. I mean, but now the, 70% of their economy. For the Highland area, like, in this time, like, when that first boom was happening, they, like, in my research, it was, like, a significant portion, like, a huge chunk Oh yeah, it was oh, all the just the Highland market was just scotch sales. I'm pretty sure that's where like don't quote me on this. This isn't an actual statistic, but like over <laughs> half of their <laughs> over half of their barley went towards in the Highlands at least went towards making scotch. Mm-hmm. I could see that. That seems reasonable. I, I'll let I that slide say that that's without right, a fact but, check. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've heard that somewhere, them? but I don't I don't actually know. I don't know. So shh. It's a guess. It is a guess. It's a guesstimation. But, you know, that's okay. That's that's what we're here to do. Provide solid facts and intense guesstimations. But that's, yes. That's just the fun of it. <laughs> uh, but that, I mean, that kind of... That kind of wraps that up in a... Yeah. In a nice little pretty bow. Nice little pretty bow. A yeah. bow more. Uh, uh, okay. Well, <laughs> uh, I don't remember which page of the uh, sound yeah, I know. effects I I'm saw on, you so reaching for like, one, and I was hoping we had the like buttons on there, but I thought you were going to reach for crickets. So, you know. Uh, yes. Oh, there it is. There it is. Yeah, just pretend you heard that as soon as I said that awesome joke I made. Uh, should we take a break? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's take a quick break. Welcome back to the Stirred Not Shaken podcast. So, during the break, I was uh, I was doing a little digging around, just uh, just brushing up on some Scotch whiskey stuff, and um, came across this little tidbit from Prohibition. I don't, I mean, we may have touched on it back in episode three, but I kind of wanted to rehash a little bit just because I found this this so amusing. Impeccable um, quote. Yes. <laughs> during during Prohibition, whiskey was still allowed in the United States as long as it was prescribed by a doctor for medicinal purposes. 
go figure. And I came across this prescription for one Winston Churchill. And it reads as such. This is to certify that the post-accident convalescence of the honorary Winston S. Churchill necessitates the use of alcoholic spirits, especially at (laughs) mealtimes. The quantity is naturally indefinite. But the minimum requirements would be 250 cubic centimeters. Or like a third of a bottle. Signed, Otto Pickhart, MD. MD. So he was prescribed at least a third of a bottle of um, Required. alcoholic spirits, mm-hmm. especially at mealtimes. And the no maximum quinc- was indefinite. <laughs> no coincidence there that it had to be. Specifically at meal times, either well, you know. Of course, I mean, when else? I mean, yes, when else is he supposed to drink all the time? It's Winston Churchill, but I don't know if the man ever had a meal without booze. Yeah, childhood. Yeah. No, I'm included. guessing not. Based off of this prescription, I don't yeah. think he ever did. He, they probably like met with the doctor before he even got to the U.S. so that they could make sure they had the supply for him because he was not going either. to not have booze. No, dinner. absolutely not. No, there was no way that was going to happen. A minimum of 250. Minimum. So then, like, did he get in trouble if he didn't have his minimum? Which I assume he always had his minimum. I don't think it was ever an issue. No, no, no. That was never an issue. But, like, you got to think that they would just force some more down him. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> you know, maybe it's like those uh, those other medications that you have to take with meals. You know, like uh, antibiotics and um, they only multivitamins. They only on a... Uh, Full stomach. Yeah. Partially full yep, stomach. Exactly. That makes sense. Hmm. Well, there you go. I wonder what, uh, what is like, why, like, what was his reasoning for his prescription? You know? Uh, apparently there was, uh, some accident. Yeah, exactly. Like, I want to know what accident they told this doctor. And he was like, yeah, okay. Well, he tripped and fell in the morning, and now he needs to drink whiskey for the rest of his life, or he'll very well die from it. <laughs> Incredible. Um, Just Googled, why was Winston Churchill prescribed a whiskey? Um, by the way, my Googling efforts came up mute. I cannot determine if beef cheek is a steak. <laughs> <laughs> so if you know, let me know. <laughs> Yes, can you take the meat off of the cheek, the face cheek? The face cheek, that's very important. To <laughs> of a cow and call it steak. Mm-hmm. And then if you can do that with a cow, can you do it with a hippo? That's our question to you this week. Please answer in the comments below. Has anyone ever eaten hippo? Um, yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> that'll be bonus content. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways... We Oh, so for the latter half of this episode, we're going to briefly touch on or we're going to touch on the types of scotch whiskey and we are also going to briefly briefly go over the regions and some of the characteristics of the whiskey that comes from those regions. The next episode tease. is when we were Yeah, 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 it's just a little teaser for the next episode when we're going to do a little bit deeper of a dive into each one of these go in depth categories. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When we'll actually explain what peat is and mm. why it's why it's used, but if you want to know 
any more about that. Stay tuned for next week. Yeah, stay tuned for next week, you silly goose. That's how, that's how this works. But before we get into the types, let's talk a little bit about wording and labeling. We kind of alluded to this earlier. And there are a handful of words that you see repeatedly on Scotch whiskey bottles. Yup. But you don't. I mean, there are, there are there are a good amount of people that don't actually know what these mean. I mean, mm-hmm. they can be kind of confusing because single malt. It sounds like. Yeah. I mean, it just sounds like oh, that's this is one malt whiskey, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I mean, some parts of them are decently self-explanatory, but like. Single has a very specific. As soon as you, yeah, I mean, as soon as you like hear the definition, then it makes sense, Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, it's like more things click, but it's like, oh yeah, I guess I could have gathered something like that, but now you know, oh show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, the word single, if you see single in the description of a whiskey, i.e., single malt or single grain, all that that means is that all of the whiskey. And that particular bottle comes from one distillery. Hence, a single distillery. A single distillery. Correct. <laughs> and the other word you will see in front of malt or grain may be blended. And all that that means is that the whiskeys may come from multiple distilleries. Ooh. But then what exactly does malt and grain Distinguish. (laughs) I'm glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, malt is, if you see single malt, that means it is, well, the malt in that designation just means that the mash that the whiskey is made out of, i.e. the grain that 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 whiskey is fermented from, is just 100% malted barley. Mm -hmm. That's it. If you see grain... Then it's malted barley plus any other grains or cereals. So you can see malted rye. You can see regular rye. Mm-hmm. You can see unmalted barley. You can see oat, for God's sakes. For God's sakes. If you for felt so, in, so inclined. Then you get that, that fantastic final category of <laughs> bets are all off of just blended scotch. Just, just blended scotch. No yep. grain, no malt Not blended grain, not blended malt. Whatever they want, whatever whiskeys, pour them in a bottle and call it good. As long as it comes from Scotland. As long as it comes from Scotland, yeah. yes. Yep. But I, I figured, <laughs> figured it would be implied. But yes, yes. No, I don't know. I mean, any combination of any whiskeys made in Scotland. So, uh, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. Fantastic. Or not, not a tangent, just a little bit of an aside. I've always kind of had this like weird idea in my head that like the word scotch just came from like people really drunkenly just saying Scottish whiskey. Oh my God, this Scottish whiskey. You know, fair enough. And God bless you for trying on that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I know that was really bad, but, um, no, it had character. Exactly. Exactly. It wasn't bad at all, (laughs) but doesn't that make sense? That means I can see that. I can see that. I'm not crazy for for thinking that, right? You're not I crazy think for thinking that. that. <laughs> <laughs> what am I crazy for thinking then? Moving on to the legal <laughs> requirements for Scotch, um, you'd think that a spirit of such acclaim would have some of the like t- 
tightest restrictions in the world. Yeah. And, and like in some ways they do, but like bourbon is so much more intensive when it comes to their requirements and scotch is pretty loose on many things. Um, but yeah, the, the simplicities of it are essentially aged at least three years in an excise warehouse uh, produced by pot still most of the time. Most of the time. I think there are. I think that specific requirement is for single malt specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I should have noted that. They're, they're pretty big in the column still. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the coffee still is kind of what mm-hmm. kind of what drove us Jump here. Jumpstart them. But then, yeah. well, I mean, with the rise of single malts more recently, it would make sense that that would be a specified requirement. Oh, yeah. Um, but then produced in Scotland, obviously, um, but in oak casks that do not exceed 700 liters. Which is significantly larger than the volume requirement for bourbon, Yes, I might add. That is, interestingly enough, the amount used for sherry butts, which are those big fucking barrels. I know, I've moved what several a of them. What a coincidence. Hmm, how curious. Um, but then uh, converted to a fermentable substrate uh, only by... You don't have to say all the scientific words. I yeah, just you know what? They're there, so they're going to get said. We're talking about legal requirements. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, fermented only by adding yeast to it. None of that other extra crazy wild yeast. <laughs> um, but then distilled to no higher than 94.8%, which is very interesting to see Scotland and Ireland having a very high percentage in common with each other. Yeah, honestly, that that tidbit surprised me. Mm-hmm. But I don't think many, I don't, I, especially from the Highlands and Isla, <clears throat> I don't think those distilleries ever really distill up to 94.8%. Yeah. I think it's, because like it's part of their requirements, but they don't usually That's not actually, it. yeah. I feel <clears throat> like it transferred over with like Irish whiskey requirements. And then yeah, like, I feel well, like. We don't want to do that anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. Because like the Scotch tradition, at least as I know it, is just, you know. Your standard double distillation, a stripping run, and then a bottling run. Yeah, or a barreling run. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go turn off that fan. I'm, I'm burning up in here. Oh, hurt. Uh, well, then I'll finish up on some of this uh, legal requirement mumbo jumbo because uh, it just has to retain the color, aroma, taste of the raw materials used in it, uh, and it's and in this method of its production and maturation, which is just kind of something you see in all whiskey requirements for specific legal standings. Um, then no added substances other than water and a very specific plain caramel coloring. E-150A, specifically. You don't have to read all the scientific uh, mumbo-jumbo requirements and stuff. Uh, but then it's bottled at no less than 80 proof, and you've got yourself a bottle of scotch. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, that uh, that actually... Okay. The caramel coloring, when I first learned that, I mean, that was about two years ago, but when I first learned that, but that really, really surprised me. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't think scotch was, you know, kind of like what you said earlier. I thought scotch was like, it was going to be mm-hmm. yeah. held to such a higher standard. And then I saw caramel coloring. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. But then I watched this video from the Whiskey Tribe mm-hmm. on YouTube. Yep. And I saw this 23-year-old scotch that they had 
that poured out and it was no darker than like an Ardbeg 10. Yeah. It was so, so light. And I was like, oh, that makes sense now. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, for consistency stake. And since it doesn't affect the flavor, I mean, at least as yeah, far Yeah, I mean, as you as might as well, well, right? You might as well. If it, if it keeps things consistent because consumers can be such picky little madams about everything <laughs> that it, it makes sense, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want the whiskey to, like, look like whiskey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to, you know... Retain the color, aroma, and taste of the raw materials, <laughs> as by legal definition. <laughs> the color, aroma, and taste of the raw materials—the color—that's what gets me in that. Yeah. So it has to be as brown as the malted barley. Is that what we're? Mm-hmm. Is that what we're saying here? Is that here? what it means, or is it like, like, what? As do you, brown as the barrel. Brown as the barrel. Like what? What? What's happening here? <laughs> Production and maturation. Is it like the average of? <laughs> Barley and barrel color gets you the whiskey color, or like, how do they do it? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's, it's flabbergasting. Definitely intentionally vague. Yes, that's why I like scotch. Yeah. There's, there's wiggle room. There's wiggle room. Oh yeah. Big point here. They don't have to use um, new casts. There's no restriction on what casts yeah. they can use. It's that was when I was first learning about scotch. That's what surprised me the most was the like no specifications mm-hmm. on. Because mm-hmm. like, I mean, I know most scotch is aged in ex bourbon barrels. You know, give the barrels a second life. But I thought for sure they'd have some kind of like, like oh, it has to be aged in this particular kind of oak. It's got to be fresh. It can't like da 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 da. But then it's really cool seeing the like different, like entirely aged in, like a sherry barrel or some yeah. shit like that. Like yeah. having the freedom to do that is really cool. Or you know the uh, the 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 Diageo. Distillers editions, right? Mm-hmm. They take their six core, they take their six core scotches, and they finish them in like some fortified wine cask. Yeah, and just like adds a whole different dimension. Oh, you absolutely! Know, like you can tell that that's Lagavulin sixteen in there, but like it's a little something extra. A little something extra. A little something extra. God, I love Lagavulin. Lord have mercy, so I'm about to bust. Exactly. Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. It's the vibrato in that that gets me. God bless you, Leslie Jordan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that pretty much sums up the legal requirements. And I mean, I can touch on the, the light, fun stuff. And get yeah, yeah, yeah. Before that, before well, look, uh, just another little interesting tidbit. Hmm? There are four times as many barrels full of maturing scotch than there are people in scotland almost four times yeah so four barrels for every one person there's four barrels four barrels of maturing scotch them. i mean like Damn! perfectly timed right <laughs> yeah. no that's that's incredible to me that yeah like, it's incredible and you know i said i think i said this earlier actually but um 70 of scotland's exports is whiskey yeah they're Probably the other 30% is barley. Barley. <laughs> Their economy is so dependent on scotch. I mean, you Ooh, can't. I wonder how their economy did when, you know, last spring when uh, luxury items kind of fell out of favor. Yeah. Well, I mean, last year the U.S. imposed like a huge increase in tariffs on scotch in particular. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're not scotch's biggest market but we're a big market oh yeah for sure i was wondering france 
claims the fame to Scot- Scotch's biggest market. That's know. that's very odd to me. I, I it's I think it's because Phylloxera happened and they never really got over it. You know, they're still mad about that. They still have a Scotch tooth, but I mean, they're probably still mad it happened. But then they're like, well, I mean, yeah, this cognac's great, but like, have you ever had Lagavulin sixteen? <laughs> Ooh, is there peated such a thing cognac? as peated brandy? Oh, I would. Well, we just had that exact Ooh. same thought. Yeah, well, yeah, because we're, we're we're geniuses. In this field. (laughs) (laughs) We are the certified experts at everything. (laughs) Scotch related or brandy related. TM. (laughs) At everything scotch related and brandy related dot org. (laughs) Um, Yeah, regions. (laughs) That's our, that's the, that's the domain name for our blog, for our new blog. (laughs) Scotch related and cognac related. (laughs) You can find oh. us at that same app. So today, so today we are not really going to be getting into detail about some of these, um, about some of these major categories of scotch. We're just going to give kind of a brief overview, give you guys a little, little tease, little tease for, uh, for next week. Essentially, a quick nose of the glass before you take your first sip. Mm-hmm. If you want to get like mm-hmm. real pretentious about it. So basically, (laughs) (laughs) the five main categories, we've got Highland, as we talked about earlier, Lowland, which we we also talked about earlier, Spaceside, briefly mentioned earlier, but... Mm. Did we? Just briefly. Oh, fair enough. Well, maybe that was before, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, I know. Anyways, Isla, or Islay. (laughs) Ayla. And Campbellton. Campbellton probably being the uh, the least recognizable out of those mm-hmm. five. And then there are other there are other regions There's scattered the, around on the the uh, what's the, not like provocative, but like the the sixth category of just the islands, which it makes sense why they wouldn't probably be recognized. The as Highland Islands. Yeah. Well, I mean, like every island does something different. Like like for Drambuie, you get Isle of Skye. Oh yeah, Jira, yeah. all that fun stuff. But yeah, we've got Orkney, Aaron, Jura, Sky. Yeah, those are kind of the big. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of the big island. The big producers. Yeah, but I mean, for the most part, those are going to be, generally speaking, at least they're going to be similar in flavor profile to something like Isla yeah. or like mm-hmm. a Campbellton, because I mean, yeah. that peat moss is just going to be naturally growing there again, yeah. getting get into that a little bit more next week Mm -hmm. but yeah it's going to be yeah they'll each they'll still be unique in a different way but yeah yeah, yeah. i mean all scotch kind of calls to its other brethren just in (laughs) you know we'll get into it next week (laughs) (laughs) exactly we haven't started research for that one quite yet so the research has started. It just hasn't been written down yet. Oh, true, true, true. Anyways, start off with a Highland whiskey. Um, these are going to be your approachable, big name whiskeys that almost like nice light starter. Whiskeys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, we're talking Glenlivet. We're talking uh, Dalmore. Dalmore is uh, oh Aberfeldy. Mm-hmm. Is Glenranji Highland? 
Yes. Yes. I don't believe they are Speyside. McAllen's. Mm-hmm. McAllen's a Highland. Oh, they are. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I'm like nine. Actually, that makes sense. That makes sense. Percent sure. Yeah. Like Dalwini, another. Oh um, yeah, Dalwini. I've, I've heard good things. I haven't actually tried a Dalwini. I've tried the 15. It's pretty solid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But anyways, these whiskeys are going to be characterized as a fairly, a fairly light to medium bodied mm-hmm. whiskey. Uh, sweet for Scotch standards. Yeah, sweet, fruity, maybe a little bit malty. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's got a little bit of that floral heather. That like hey, yeah, that heather honey. Yeah. No, that's heather is like such amazing. a weird like flavor note that I can't actually really describe yeah. other than heather. Mm-hmm. It's I don't I don't know. It's it's very. Yeah, exactly. It's such a like precise. Like you know it, like feel. you know it when you taste it, but like yeah, you can't. But I couldn't really... tell you what I'm tasting besides I taste Heather. Well, what's Heather taste like? I taste notes of Heather. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna side. try to make a Heather joke, but I was, I was really, too, I was really blanking on I something. Was like, uh, the only ones I could think of were people named Heather, and I don't like. I don't want to <laughs> equate. Yeah, those. I don't really want to. Yeah, that's that's where my mind was going to. I didn't really want to. Mm-hmm. I didn't really want to go down that road. But now we're here, anyways. Speyside, uh, Speyside, <laughs> named after, interestingly enough, the River Spey. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you, Montreal. Uh, they have the same kind of like floral fruity characteristics, but they have the very unique aspect of that like briny, like of the sea flavor to them. Yeah, and if we want to get real technical about it, it's really just a subcategory of Highland. Yeah, but it's it produces so much whiskey that oh it yeah, it produces to be its own. Yeah, it produces so much whiskey, and it develops such a unique style with that. Yeah, with that like just a little touch of that like mm. little briny iodininess. Yeah, because if you look at it on a map, like Space Side and Highland, boom, right there. Yeah, it's like but, yeah, it's literally mm. just. The northeast coast of Highland, like the pimple on the forehead of the Highland area. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, essentially, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Not to dig on it, it's just. I mean, that's just kind of what it is, you yeah, know. The river's kind of what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> Anyways, Isla, my favorite be Scotch region. Sort of your your Scotch guy, Scotch, mm-hmm. right? The thing that I assume most people think of when they think of scotch is the like isla style scotches yeah it's the reason why so many people are so intimidated to get into scotch because they're Mm -hmm. like oh i don't want it to taste like a campfire or an ashtray in my mouth Mm -hmm. right um but i mean there are some islas that are fairly approachable do not start with any of the young Lafroig or Ardbeg <sighs> expressions. Oh God, no! <clears throat> if you are, I know, I know, it seems like a sort of a sort of a backwards way to go about this. But if you're going to go Isla, if you want to start getting into Isla, start with something a little bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. Had a little bit more time to mature it'll get and get s- rounded that more out. Like sweeter. Yeah, you'll get some note. of those. Well, actually, let me let me actually get to this first. So. Isla, known for that peat smoke, that big punch of like that campfire mm-hmm. ashtray. Chewing on charcoal. Flavor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of an acquired taste, but 
I mean, there's some beautiful flavors in there once you can get past j- just the sheer harshness of it, yeah. right? It's kind of like like getting past the bitterness of an IPA, yeah. the hops of an IPA, exactly. right? You almost Those, like work your way up to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden, you know, three, four months down the line, you have a favorite strain of hops. Mm-hmm. Mine happens to be Galaxy. Of course, your favorite is Galaxy. It's what a, the fuck does that supposed to mean? Because it's an awesome strain. That's why. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, quick side note about Isla. I had a guest that was in on Saturday, and she was like, I hate bourbon. I hate rye whiskey. I hate, like, I'm not a whiskey drinker. She was, And I was like, well, what's your favorite spirit? And she was like, well, I love Mezcal. And I was like, oh, bitch, you're about to like whiskey. Because I poured her some of the Ardbeg 10, and I didn't, like, tell her what it was. It was just like, give this a taste. Oh. Tell me what you think. And she was like, I love this and i was like cool you just jumped the scotch ladder like he, you like I yeah she scotch went now. from zero to 100 like, the whiskey seal would be like bourbon rye mm-hmm. then like highland all the way up at the top would be the isla scotch and she just jumped the whole thing <laughs> and it was it was cool to see like because i truly believe there's a whiskey for everybody and watching this woman that hates whiskey be like yeah i really like isla scotch now is like Get it, girl. Good for you, man. Good for you. Good for her Good too. For her. Yeah, Hell that's yeah. incredible. That's yeah, a that's, that's a really cool story. That's my little Isla note from most recently. <clears throat> but yeah, peat smoke, brine, iodine. Typically, I get some like honey-like sweetness in it. Like it's not like a sweet mm-hmm. sweetness, but it's like a savory yeah. sweetness. Almost, yeah, it's almost like that vegetal sweet balance yeah. to it. Especially yeah, especially like the older an Isla gets. Yeah, and then Isla's kind of like a it's a large-ish island. Mm-hmm. Just off the southwest coast of mainland Scotland, it's um, home to. Ooh, I didn't write it down. How many distilleries? A number of distilleries. <laughs> I did not think to look up the numbers of distilleries. I feel like that could be a note for next time, though. Yeah, that definitely could be a note mm-hmm. for next time. But we, we also have. have the fact that there are eight distilleries on the island of Isla. <laughs> Definitely, I, I I just had to think about that one for a quick sec, you know. Which, have you ever tried Black Adder? It's an incredible Isla Scotch. We can talk about it later too. No, no, I haven't. Dude, who's it's, it, is it who's it made by? Um, I think Black Adder is like the distillery for it too. We should look into it because, like, I loved that bottle. I only got a single taste before it was gone, but interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll we'll talk. We'll talk. Maybe that'll be our sample for next time. Uh, but Lowland, uh, which we kind of briefly mentioned, is going to kind of be like like bourbon, be lighter, sweeter. Yeah. Um, Lowland is actually the base for most blended scotches. Oh, yeah. Fun fact for you. It's probably the least offensive out it of the absolutely bunch. absolutely is. Because, I mean, they kept in their style of adding grains and they triple distill for some reason. But it's like, it's kind of like Irish whiskey almost. It's very, it's yeah. nice and it's soft, it's soft and it's yeah. very approachable. Nice notes. So then vanilla. when Akintoshin throws it into like bourbon barrels, mm-hmm. it just tastes like bourbon. Yeah. Like a really light, like a really light bourbon. Like mm-hmm. bourbon can get really rich, but like this one is, yeah. I mean. It's like a skinny bourbon. <laughs> yeah. If you want to keep with the trend. Diet bourbon. Diet bourbon. Oh, <laughs> God. <sighs> Oh my god. Like that's a hot take, but like you're not wrong. <laughs> Diet <clears throat> Anyway, my personal favorites uh region is coming up right here and it only 
just recently became my personal favorite because I just got my very first bottle mm-hmm. from this region. Uh, I haven't branched out at all from this bottle because it's damn near impossible to find. Yeah. Uh, scotch, at least in Nebraska, scotch from this region. Campbellton. Mm. It's a small coastal town in South Scotland on a very skinny peninsula. It very well almost just might Doesn't as well exist. be an island. Yeah. <laughs> but um, this is kind of, at least in my eyes, it it's kind of an average of all the other for sure types not including of each of their best aspects yeah not including um lowland because mm-hmm. i just i'm just not a fan of them but um <laughs> yeah it's got it's got a it's got a good amount of sweetness to it um it might be might be a little fruity but it's going to absolutely have a little kick of that peat smoke right mm-hmm. on the back nothing as intense as an isla but no no it's just a little whisper to let you know that it's there yeah. It's like hello. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like how people say um LaCroix is just sparkling water with someone whispering lime. Yeah. From across the room. It's like uh this is just a Highland Scotch with somebody whispering Pete from across the room. <laughs> with an angry Scotsman yelling Pete a couple blocks down. <laughs> yeah, actually that's probably more accurate. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> yep, that's better. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed that uh that Kilkerin. That was Fantastic. Yeah, Kilkerin 12 from the Glengyle Distillery. My first time trying it, and I didn't remember until we talked about it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. It's very good. I that, that bottle I couldn't even find in Nebraska. I actually shipped that in from out of state, mm-hmm. specifically New York. Hell yeah, New York. Yeah, yeah. They, they get, all the, good, they get all the good stuff, and yeah. <clears throat> I got a fantastic Australian whiskey from them, too. That was the fucking phenomenal Australian whiskey. It was uh, so unique. It's, it spent all of its maturing years in Shiraz? All three maturing years in Shiraz barrels. Well, incredible. Major, like the wine that was in there was like 98% Shiraz. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's Australian Shiraz with yeah. whatever. But Fantastic, fantastic. Beautiful. And Australia is like... I mean, it's a pretty tropical place. So, I mean, that shit just ages so quickly. And it oh, yeah. Got so much. Oh, man. It was so good. It's so good. But we're not talking about Australia, really. We're not. No. But it was a fun little side note. Because, yeah. I mean, we've essentially touched on the regions. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, most of these are going to be, you'll typically see some indication of what region these are from um, on the bottle. They're typically very proud of where they yeah. hail from, mm-hmm. especially these. Um, especially Isla and Campbellton. Mm-hmm. And s- like single malts really just love to show off like... Yeah, it's like a, it's like one in their tawar, yeah. right? They're just showing off... is like the expression of a distillery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, this is who we are. This is what we make. If you don't like it, you already bought it. Yeah. Fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, especially those, uh, especially those other ones, the uh, the island, the quote unquote island whiskeys, right? Yeah, they will like the always, or... yeah, Jura that they're literally called the Jura Distillery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Aaron, you know the Aaron Malt Distillery. Mm-hmm. I mean, Highland Park has their whole Viking thing going on yeah. with the Orkney Islands, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just. <clears throat> It's very cool. Again, we're going to get into that in a little bit more detail here next week. But 
we thought we'd give you guys a little bit of a rundown just to sort of prep you, get you a little bit, give you a little taste, get you interested in everything. Mm-hmm. But, Keep you uh, coming back for more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kyler, do you have anything else for us today? Not really, no. Do you have um, a question? Do you have a, do you have a question of the day? I know I kind of let off with well, what our, your favorite our, scotch was. Our but. question of the day was the, the hippo thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because we, we did start with the favorite scotch thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think any other good questions are really going to come out when we dive into these categories, just because I think we'll have a lot more to discuss that won't, like, not go over people's heads, but that will be more understood after we've talked about the regions. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point because, I mean... We know a little bit, I mean, we know more than what we've said so far. And mm-hmm. I think if we end up trying to talk any more about this stuff, we're just going to go. Gonna go we're just right going to start going right head. over, yep, right, right over Haunter's head. It's a good boy. Good Come boy. here. Sitting on a box. <laughs> Kissy sounds at the, at the ghost. Um, yeah, I think I'm ready to get out of here if you're ready to get out of here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, make sure you follow us on Instagram at stir, stirred not shaken pod. Follow me at EQ Nels if you so desire. You can uh, follow me at, at Drinks by Kyler on the gram. Make sure you follow at Capital Cigar Co. if you are in the Lincoln, Nebraska area. Or area. even if you're not. Yeah, even if you're even if you're not. Even if you're in the uh you know, just the general Winnipeg, Midwest Canada. area. Yeah, this is the we are the <laughs> we are the premium cigar lounge experience in the Midwest. Everybody knows that. And if you like craft cocktails, come on down to the other room. You can follow us at, at other.room. Welcome Amazing to Instagram. Welcome to Instagram. <laughs> it's been there. It, it was there when I back when I said it wasn't. It was totally there because I just I didn't even think to look because I was a fool. But yeah, that, that's all I've got. Well, awesome. Yeah. Uh, make sure you leave us a five-star review on your on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And uh, yeah, actually... Please leave us a please leave us some comments. We really want to know how we're doing, mm-hmm. either via the form at www.snspodcast.com or on you know just the Apple reviews or anything like that. I really want to know your feedback. Or if you know us personally, you can message us. But like, don't be mean. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Or you're my D- friends doesn't mean you get to be rude. Yeah, yeah. Just DM me. Yeah, just DM me. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll respond. Or if you have a favorite scotch, send us that too. Yeah, let me know what your favorite scotch is. We'll talk about it. Let's talk about scotch. <laughs> I thought I could go the episode without doing it, and I lied. I lied to myself. <laughs> I wish we had a button for that, honestly. We could next week. <laughs> Keep an eye out or an ear out. Yeah, both. Yeah. All your extremities. <laughs> there you go. That's that's a good, solid, natural place and to And I think we need to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in, guys. Deuces, y'all. Love you. Bye. It's fun.